Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dirt Radio. I'm your host, Lucinda Walker, and with me here co-hosting is Phil Evans and Moretta Solotunga. Lucinda, good morning and welcome to the Dirt Radio team after your break. It's so good to be back. It's so lovely to be back. How are you doing, Phil? I'm good, you know, getting through lockdown. How about you, Moretta? Doing really good. Thanks, Phil. We are broadcasting pre-recorded from the unceded land of the Wurundjeri people in the Kulin Nation and pay our respects to elders past and present and also say a big hello to all the First Nations people listening and acknowledge the pivotal roles that First Nations people play in the struggle for environmental and social justice. This is Dirt Radio, Friends of the Earth show on 3CR, where we're digging deep about what is going on around at Friends of the Earth and in the wider grassroots activist community. Today on the show, we'll catch up with Anthony Amos and Michelle Baxter from Friends of the Earth's Strasleki Koala Action Team to hear all about their push to see Victoria's koalas to be given the protections of a threatened or endangered species, as many scientists have predicted the extinction of the species within just decades. Learn more about the complex reasons why Victoria's Strasleki koala may hold the key to the whole species survival. With numbers estimated at as little as just 50,000 nationwide, this important discussion is taking place as the federal government opens up consultation on the National Recovery Plan for this iconic species. All that and more with Lucinda, Phil and Moretta on Dirt Radio coming up after these community service announcements. Friends of the Earth Food Co-op is open. Get fresh produce and support local farmers and keep our grassroots community thriving through these unusual times. Organic veggie boxes and click and collect now available. Visit www.foefood.org slash click collect to place your orders. Or pop in store at 312 Smith Street and see how we're adapting with our new physical distancing layout. Shop organic and buy local. Made easy at Friends of the Earth. A proud 3CR supporter. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains and the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. 
it's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunnakurnai and Bidwell and Monaro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. A 3CR supporter. Welcome back to Dirt Radio. You're here with Phil Moretta and Lucinda on 3CR. And today we are digging in and talking about koalas. Joining us today is Anthony Amos and Michelle Baxter from Friends of the Earth. Anthony is a steward of Friends of the Earth, working on diverse issues such as forest protection, water issues, chemical and pesticides, and of course koalas with Friends of the Earth and other grassroots groups since the 1990s. And Michelle is a community organiser and activist who is coordinating the new Stress Flecky Koala Action Team at Friends of the Earth Melbourne. And we welcome you both to the show today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Um, Now, Anthony, there's been so many stories recently about the imminent demise of Australia's iconic koala. With some scientists saying that the species may be wiped out as soon as 2050, what's going so wrong for koalas nationally in Australia? Uh, look, it's it's quite a complex issue, and Victoria is really complex. But essentially, in Queensland and New South Wales and the ACT, koalas have been listed under the federal EPBC Act as threatened since 2012. And there's a myriad of problems in those areas such as climate change, bushfires, uh, inappropriate uh, development, logging, a a whole host of issues. So the state, Queensland, New South Wales, ATT, basically put up the flag in 2011-12 that there will be problems in their jurisdictions with koalas and, uh, yeah, and the federal government acted. So uh, those problems haven't gone away in the last preceding 10 years and, and it People just have to remember what happened with the bushfires in 2020 and some work done up there by um, Dr. Steve Phillips has found that the koala populations in New South Wales, for instance, suffered uh, about a 71% decline due to those bushfires. So, yeah, those three states are really bad. Now, in Victoria and South Australia, the situation is a lot different and in Victoria and South Australia, the governments think that there's an overabundance of koalas in some areas, such as uh, southwest Victoria, Kangaroo Island before the fires, and also in the hills around Adelaide. So the problem is, is that the Victorian and South Australian governments don't think that there's a koala problem. And because of that, the koalas in Victoria, where we work in South Australia, aren't listed under the Federal Act. And in Victoria, it's common wildlife under the Wildlife Act. Anthony, yeah. I um, hear what you're saying about the complexity of the issue. I've, I've, I found it um, quite an eye-opening experience talking to you um, and interviewing you about this on past shows. And it is interesting how it differs so greatly around the country. And the story in Victoria is quite different to the one in other states, particularly when we look about the populations in southwest Victoria and South Australia, as you were saying. Why is it so different about these koalas down in, in those areas? What you've really got to keep in mind is that there's two separate koala populations in Victoria and South Australia. So there's the endemic population. The only endemic population in Victoria and South Australia is a tiny population in the Streslecki. So that little population is the original gene pool for the animal. 
And basically that population is really important because it means that uh, over the long term, the animal's got a really good chance of survival because the genes are a lot more diverse and it can adapt more to um, land use changes and climate change, etc. Now, the other population are the translocated animals that are descendant from three or four individuals that were transferred on the island populations, and they're essentially suffering from inbreeding. And those animals uh, were moved off the islands, put into Western Victoria and South Australia, and for some reason, uh, there's been massive increases in population in particular areas. And, you know, to such an extent, even at Cape Otway, a few years ago, the government had to enact a culling program down there where 700 animals were killed uh, by the state government because they were essentially leading to big issues with overbrowsing in the forest down there and hundreds of trees were wiped out so depending on where you go in Victoria and South Australia if you've got the translocated animals there seems to be this issue with in certain areas there's a population explosion. Anthony now COVID has impacted so many things I was just wondering how it's impacted your work. I've been going down to Gippsland and doing surveys, just finding out where the animals are, finding new populations. So one of the problems with COVID is that it stopped me being able to do that work. We were planning to do about 200 surveys this year in Slans, Dresleckis, and I got up to about 183, and then I've, I've had to stop, so I can't get out there and do the work. We've got some people that are feeding information into us via Facebook down in Gippsland, which they see koala sightings. So um, I've just basically written a big report about what we found in the last year of surveys, which will be released next week. For quite a while now, Friends of the Earth have been calling for the Streslecki koala to be protected by the Victorian Flora and Fauna Guarantee Act, as you kind of alluded to in, in the first answer, and also to the Federal Environmental Protection and Biodiversity Conservation, or the EPBC, as it's more commonly known. Why won't governments act to protect koalas? And excuse the pun, but does Environment Minister Susan Lay have the koalifications to deal with this problem? Koalification, that, 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 that's a good one. Well, yeah, look, it's difficult. If you talk to people in New South Wales and Queensland, since the listing up there, the, the populations have still gone downhill. But the reason we're trying to lobby Susan Lay at the moment is that there's no legislation in Victoria that protects these endemic populations of wildlife that contain the original gene pool. The, the only act we've got in Victoria is Flora and Fauna Guarantee Act, and that doesn't take into account a genetic diversity. But the federal PBC Act does. And if we got an EPBC listing, for instance, it would mean that, uh, this is for the animals in Gippsland, it would mean that any developer or logger or whatever, any land use, uh, would have to go through another layer of environmental, uh, I guess you call it green tape. You know, we've got an issue down at the moment, Fish Creek, with a big a quarry that's basically being rushed ahead in koala habitat. So if we got it listed federally, that would be another layer of, of legislative protection that we could grant the animal because at the moment it's basically got none. Michelle, with such a complex story to tell about koalas in Victoria, what sort of things have Friends of the Earth Streslecki koala team been doing to raise awareness about this important issue? Yeah, well, I think that's one of the biggest issues is that this story is not commonly told or it's not really made aware. And so I think that's why that's kind of part of my role, I guess, like you said, is to kind of enable that storytelling so people understand that in Victoria, there are separate koala populations. And the reason why we invest a lot of our energy into the Streslekis in South Gippsland region is because of the genetic diversity of this koala. So in that story, it's always important to talk about the history of the koalas and talk about how they almost were brought to extinction in the 1920s due to hunting. So yeah, part of that is creating that community awareness 
within the region itself and then also amongst metro folk. For National Threatened Species Day, we launched a cute little koala colouring in template. And so people from the home during lockdown could colour that in and put it in a public facing space just to get that message across. And then attached was a QR code so people could sign our current petition to ask for an EPBC listing. Um, I'm hoping that with a lockdown, who knows <laughs> when that does ease, I'm hoping to launch a QR koala sticker campaign across the city where we'll launch all these koalas around the city in public spaces and attached to each koala will be kind of a different fun fact so people can come on that journey and learn more about this koala and then also learn how they help us to bid uh, for greater protection. And yeah, just working with local communities as well to encourage that storytelling. And we're in the process of creating a flyer so that we can encourage people to distribute this information uh, in the Gippsland region to local cafes, businesses, to Airbnb providers to encourage that message so that people know of the importance behind why we should protect this special koala. Amazing work. And the next question I'll ask, um, it's a little different, it's a little unusual. Many of our listeners, when they hear the word Streslecki, will, of course, go to one of the most famous Streslekis. Kim's second best friend, Sharon Streslecki, from Kath and Kim, of course. Has uh, anyone reached out to Magna Sabansky? And perhaps she's a listener to 3CR, I don't know, but... It'd be great to get someone like that involved. Yeah, um, I think someone did actually mention, oh, you know, what are the odds that Strzelecki is paired with Orson Magnus? <laughs> I think, yeah, that would definitely be a good opportunity there. I'm sure she does have a soft spot for our beautiful koalas. So maybe in the future that is something we could definitely consider. And we are still, shout out to Sam Castro, in the need to get a koala suit because I think that's <laughs> that will really help to put a visual image behind our campaign as well. Yeah, and if any listeners do know Magda, or if you are listening, Magda, please get in touch to 3CR or Friends of the Earth because we'd love to talk to you. <laughs> I'm also aware that there's currently a new draft national recovery plan for koalas going on. What's that all about, Michelle? Yeah, so um, essentially this is stemming from the EPBC Act, which recognises at the moment that the ACT, New South Wales and Queensland koalas are listed as threatened, more vulnerable. And so it's a plan to enable a strategy which can be implemented within these regions to protect and recover the koala population. At the moment, there is an open public submission period. We're hoping to send in a submission as Friends of the Earth as a way to recognise that the Strzelecki Gippsland koala population is not currently listed and therefore doesn't come under this protection because of those overstated koala numbers, which doesn't take into consideration the different populations and the different genetic varieties. So we're hoping to send in a submission to recognise the need to distinguish these koala populations in Victoria, which kind of require their own separate management plan so that we can seek greater protections for the koalas remnant to the Streslekis because they are of quite a small population size. We believe between 1,500 to 2,000, but given their genetic diversity, we believe that they may hold the key to the long-term survival of koalas here in Victoria. So at the moment, whilst it doesn't, this um, recovery plan doesn't recognise Victorian koalas as a need for current protection, we want to use this submission period as an opportunity to champion that need to recognise them in the next listing for the EPBC Act. If people are interested in getting involved with Friends of the Earth's Just Lucky Koala Action Team, how can they do that? 
We've actually just launched a new website um, as Friends of the Air, so it's looking very schmick. And I must say kudos to the team. Um, shout out to Phil as well. Um, mm-hmm. So if people would like to get involved, they can go to the SCAT webpage and you'll see um, at the bottom of the page, you can just fill in your contact details if you would like to volunteer to find out how you can become more involved. Otherwise, we do have monthly collective meetings which take place on the first Thursday of every month. But yeah, if you go to that SCAT webpage, you'll be able to view what's been happening, look at the latest blog, see if there are any current actions or any current petitions as we have the EPBC app. And on our webpage, we will release a submission drive if you would like to submit a submission to the Draft National Recovery Plan for the Koala. Amazing. And we'll put up all the links that uh, Michelle just talked about there in the show notes on 3cr.org.au forward slash dirt radio, where you can find all the podcasts. And if you missed any part of that conversation, you can go back and re-listen to it all. Thank you so much for joining us, Anthony and Michelle. And we look forward to hearing more about the Strezleki Koala and getting active out on the streets as well when we can <laughs> after lockdown. Thanks so much for joining us on Dirt Radio today. Thank you. Thank you. 3CR, here to stay. In other news, the future is also looking terrifying for greater gliders set to go from vulnerable to endangered in around five years' time. A recent study showed threatened species laws are failing to stop the decline of wildlife like the greater glider, and an article published in The Conversation recently said the greater glider is edging towards extinction, but there is still no recovery plan for this iconic marsupial. In Victoria, so-called protections for greater gliders announced by the Dan Andrews government in 2019 allows logging where gliders are found and weakens existing protections in East Gippsland, which were already failing to stop the decline of the species. The new research shows that despite being listed, the amount of greater glider habitat logged in Victoria remained consistently high, with a total of 4,917 hectares logged before listing compared to 4,759 after listing. Of all the forests logged in Victoria after listing, more than 45% was mapped as greater glider habitat by the federal government. Even after the devastating impacts of bushfires on glider populations in East Gippsland and declines from logging, there are still hundreds of coops scheduled for logging in critical refuge areas for the glider. More than a third of the greater glider habitat in East Gippsland was impacted by those fires. The Goongaroo Environment Centre, GECO, Friends of the Earth member, produced a report with the Victoria National Parks Association called After the Fires, Protecting Our Forest Refuse, and it shows that there is a higher percentage of unburnt habitat for glider available for logging than there is in reserves outside the fire extent. Studies have also shown that glider populations have declined more than 80% in the last 30 years. Gecko have been out surveying and holding citizen science camps in East Gippsland Forest looking for greater gliders for more than a decade. Even in areas where there was once substantial populations, their numbers are dwindling. Gliders need large hollow bearing trees to den in and have a relatively small range, which leaves them vulnerable to localised extinction when their habitat is logged. Like the koala, greater gliders are facing a very uncertain future from habitat destruction, bushfires and climate change, and urgent action is needed now to protect all remaining glider refuges in Victoria.
You can keep up to date with the campaign by getting involved with Gecko or by joining Friends of the Earth Melbourne's Forest Collective, who meet regularly online on Tuesday evenings. And you can find all this information and more on Friends of the Earth's brand spanking new website, including all upcoming events and meeting times at melbournefo.org.au. Just head to that events tab and under what we do tab for a list of collectives and times they meet and ways you can get active and get your hands dirty as we strive for environmental and social justice. Get involved now, Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Of course, the big news of last week, and we'll continue to send reverberations around through environmental, social justice and peace movements everywhere, is the news that Australia have signed a new defence treaty with America and the United Kingdom, which will allow us to access nuclear submarine technology. Australians have a long history of strong opposition to nuclear power, both civilian and military, and Scott Morrison wants to change that by equipping us with nuclear submarines. Friends of the Earth's Dr Jim Green, long-time anti-nuclear campaigner, said that the federal government has secretly decided that Australia will acquire these new nuclear submarines, and any consultation is likely to be pretty tokenistic. He calls it the DAD, Decide, Announce, Defend approach which is the antithesis of good government. It's a dangerous move and it could have serious regional repercussions and there is so much conversation about it now. We know that nuclear power is bad for people, bad for the planet, and that peace is actually the precursor to climate, economic, gender, social and environmental justice. The newly coined triad of colonial powers, AUKUS, wants us to be peaceful and prosperous in Asia Pacific and tackling climate change, providing healthcare and removing vaccine patterns for COVID-19 and distributing them freely around throughout regional neighbours would achieve more than escalating the militarisation of the region. Nuclear submarines are just a few steps away from nuclear weapons. At a time when ordinary Australians are struggling to make ends meet in the wake of the global pandemic, the huge bill for this radical shift in Australia's military is both out of touch with the experience of working class people and all ordinary Australians. As always, nuclear has a racist element, one bound in colonialism and Friends of the Earth. Dr. Jim Green again notes that waste from a nuclear submarine program would be dumped on Aboriginal land, as is the case with the federal government's current plan to dump Australia's nuclear waste at Kimber in South Australia, despite the unanimous opposition of Bangala traditional owners. It speaks volumes about the crude racism of the federal and South Australian coalition governments that are prepared to ignore unanimous Aboriginal opposition to a nuclear dump. Friends of the Earth have a live petition at foe.org.au forward slash no nuclear subs, all as one word, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. We're calling for plans for the proposed nuclear submarines to be scrapped, immediate ratification of the nuclear weapons ban treaty that has been championed by Nobel Peace Prize winning organisation International Campaign Against Nuclear Weapons, ICANN, A commitment to keep Australia nuclear power free, both in civilian and military areas, and that any money allocated to this project be spent on local and regional pandemic and COVID-19 vaccine support. And of course, on urgent climate action. So please jump on the internets and sign that important petition to say no to nuclear submarines. Dirt Radio. We are coming to the end of another episode of Dirt Radio. 
And we want to thank you and listeners and, of course, our guests, Anthony Amos and Michelle Baxter from Friends of the Earth for the great chat today. And it was great to be with you again, Lucinda. Oh, it was so lovely to be on the show again. And congratulations, Second Show Down, Moretta. You're becoming an old hat on Dirt Radio. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's lovely to see you both. Stick around on 3CR because up next is Gavin with Billabong Beats. And today we'll go out with a track from Nathaniel Merriweather's Love Age album. This one's called Koala's Lament, an apt title, and it features the legendary Mike Patton. So expect a few little twists and turns. This is Dirt Radio with Phil, Lucinda and Moretta signing out. We will see you next week. <laughs>